Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back into a brand new episode of the Face Turn podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. I'm Noah Trombley, joined as always by Mike the Pudmaster Rifkin. Lawrence Patchman Lang is, is unfortunately not with us tonight, uh, but don't worry, he'll be back soon. But um, Mike, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. We got a lot of news to get to, so let's dive yeah, in. Yeah, we we had we thought we had a lot of news last week to cover after we covered Double or Nothing and Hell in a Cell, but the amount of news that has come out in the last week, I don't think has ever been matched in terms of a week in wrestling. Like, I really can't think of a of a week where this much major news broke. The MJF stuff seems like it was forever ago. I know. And, and we, I remember thinking we were going to be talking about MJF for, for weeks on end. And now it's like, that's, that's background noise at this point. Yeah. Um, all right. So for anyone who doesn't know, we are going to get into the big news that dropped this week. And that was the allegations against WWE CEO and uh, I believe chief operating officer. Chairman. Chairman. As the other words of CEO and Chairman Vince McMahon, obviously the most synonymous name with WWE, but there are some serious allegations alleging from an affair that Vince McMahon had with a former WWE employee who was recently let go. Now, this is from an article from uh, NPR. Well, McMahon has run the company for 40 years after taking over for his father in 1982, when it was known as World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay, so it goes through a bunch of that. The Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday that the board was investigating a $3 million payout made to a woman to cover up an alleged consensual affair between a WWE paralegal and Mr. McMahon, who, was faced, who has faced accusations of sexual misconduct in the past. The newspaper reported that the board's investigation uncovered several other non-disclosure agreements reached in relation to other misconduct claims against McMahon and head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, by women who worked for WWE. Chief Branoff, uh, we'll get into the other stuff in just a second, but so this is the big news. There are, there are allegations that Vince McMahon has paid a woman $3 million to keep quiet about an affair that he had with a WWE paralegal about a couple of years ago. And that he reportedly passed her around to John Laurinaitis, quote, like a toy. Um, so, Mike, before we get into the details of why this is big news, just your re- initial reaction to this a- allegation. Um, gross. Gross for, for a number of reasons, but... Uh, <sighs> This is something that we, you know, when you think of this, we see this all the, all, not all the time, but, but we've seen it before with major figures in any sort of company. When you think of the world of professional sports, we've seen it with, we see it with what's going on with Daniel Snyder in Washington, NFL. The NBA's seen it. You know, we've seen it with big figures. Vince McMahon was the one public sports figure who was kind of like, we've never heard a peep about this. But you know what, Mike, and I don't mean to interrupt you real quick, but like I feel like we all kind of had in the back of our heads like it's right. coming Sunday, someday. Right. That that that's where I was going. Okay. And it was just like, 
we didn't know, but there was always suspicion in your mind. It was kind of like, is he, is it he, you know, what's going on there? And for this to drop what it did, uh, I mean, that is just, if you re- read the details, it's just, it's, it's a disgusting story. Is it is a disgusting story. Now, I will. I do want to say. I know this won't make it sound much better, but I do want to say that McMahon and the company have have said that the, that the relationship was a consensual relationship. So we're not at least dealing with that type of thing. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Right. Right. We're not dealing with that sort of thing, but it, this was a consensual. Even st- even st- even still, yeah, though. Right. You're, you're talking about. You know who you are. At the end right. of the day, you know you're you're as he would say, I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You know who you are. If you're gonna do this, you have to. Right. Um, under the rock. And it's just it's brutal. It's really bad. It is, and it couldn't have come at a worse time, you know, and, and just Again, I, I'm with you, Mike. I'm not surprised to hear this. And, you know, we knew, we always call, always kind of knew that Vince was not this nice guy. He was probably, you know, a guy who would use his money to keep affairs and all this kind of stuff, you know, hush, hush. And like, I don't want my wife to know I'm sleeping around or this and that, or I don't want to know that I'm passing her off to Laurenitis um, and all that kind of stuff. It, it's just disgusting. It, it really is. It's just like... Own up to your mistakes instead of trying to pay people off and keep it quiet. Um, now, so to move on to the to the details of this, the reason that WWE is investigating this and the reason that this is being taken way more seriously, I think, than other allegations against Vince is because, really, Mike, we haven't seen anything come after Vince like this, I don't think, since the steroid trial in the 90s. Before you, you were probably a baby and I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, probably. Actually, if we want to bring it further, Benoit. Yeah, maybe Benoit. This like you know different circumstance, obviously. But right. you know. now, the, now for anyone who doesn't know, the reason that this is such a big deal is because now let's say Vince, if, let's say the investigation reveals that Vince McMahon had used his own money. It was his all of his own private money. It's still disgusting, but that is not illegal. It's not illegal mm-hmm. for him to pay the hush money agreement, the non-disclosure agreement out of, his own, his, own, out of his own pocket. It's not illegal. However, the report uh, or one of the letters that I believe the one of the women who was paid to keep hush wrote to WWE stated that the way that this woman got paid to keep for the non-disclosure agreement was her salary got increased from $100,000 a year to $200,000 per year. And that's what WWE is investigating because if it's found that Vince McMahon used company money to pay the non-disclosure agreement, that's illegal. He can't do that. And so this is where these allegations, I think, Mike, like we said, become very serious because Vince could get into legal trouble with this. Right. And I just, my mind circulated when I saw that and I was thinking to myself, We've we've heard the words over the, the last two years with the pandemic. We've heard the terms budget cuts. 
You're, you're right on my train of, train of thought. It, like, if you were cutting wrestlers to pay off for your affair, we're going to have a major problem, a more of a problem than we already do. Oh, yeah. Well, and here's the thing, Mike, and I, I think the legal system will work itself out before that anyway, because, again, like I said, that is highly illegal. If Vince used company funds, and here's the thing, even if he didn't, let's say he somehow gets out of legal trouble, I do not think the WWE board of directors will keep, will will allow that. I, I, I think this will be the one thing that the WWE board of directors will be like, get out. You are fired. You they have it has leaked of how the company could terminate Vince McMahon and the, and the board of directors could decide to terminate Vince as a CEO. The for what, what I hope and this is wishful thinking and I think of a land of unicorns and good stuff like that. <laughs> he would have just stepped down. He would instead of doing what he did and, and which is going to be taking the backseat. He would have just I'm out. I'm 76 years old. I don't need any more money. I don't need to be in the spotlight anymore. I'm gone. Right. And maybe he does end up making that decision. Who knows? Um, Maybe, maybe the law makes that decision for him. Maybe it makes it, maybe it says, listen, you you might get into legal trouble. So WWE might be, because I think it's funny to, to remember that, you know, Vince is the CEO, but the board of directors is is really the higher ups. They are the higher ups. They are the ones who call the shots and they can kick Vince out if they need to. And if, if he gets into legal trouble with this, oh, they they could do it. Like, that's why these allegations are being taken very seriously. Um, as they should be. As they should be. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk real quickly before we talk about what happened on tonight's show to open up the show and what's been going on behind the scenes. I want to bring up John Laurinaitis and all this because his name doesn't seem to be getting talked about as much. And all I can think, Mike, I don't know about you, is I'm really worried not for John Laurinaitis because if he if he did this, he's scumbag and all that kind of stuff. What worries me is that he would is is he going to end up being the fall guy? You know what I mean? Maybe he gets eliminated. He's go- he's gonna get canned, and he should. Because not only not only have these allegations come up, a lot of women, former women's wrestlers, have come out saying they did not like working with him. He was very inappropriate backstage. Uh, he was I, not. He, from stories I've read from other superstars and shoot interviews that we I've seen, he was just not a likable guy. No. There was one anonymous wrestler who I think I know who it is. She was quoted as saying, I would rather receive all my S word in a garbage bag than have to deal with him ever again. That's damning. Yeah. Um, I know uh, people have come on and said, oh, remember Nia Jax tweet back in April when she talked about like the perverted uh, company says, she has claimed that that wasn't it wasn't about this, but it's it's too coincidental to me. Yeah, and what's also too coincidental to me, Mike, is what happened with Stephanie McMahon. The fact that she took this leave of absence just under a couple weeks ago, and now all of a sudden this drops. Mm. She knew. She, she knew, knew something. He knew, but, and but, she knew something. 
but but my, my thing with her and and I don't have any ill will towards Stephanie, but and I don't think she and I don't think she's involved in this. No, I don't either. I, I want to say that clear. I I wonder if she had found out about this and she went to Vince and said, You can't be doing this. This is gonna get you in trouble. And he being who he is, goes, I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I'm bigger than the world. I can do what I, I want. Do what I want. She's like, I'm going to wipe my hands clean. I'm stepping away. You you, you want to deal with it? Fine. I don't want to be a part of it. Also, there's the fact that she could have just found out he was having an affair on her mother. Yeah. And just said, that's not that's not cool, mm-hmm. you know. And that's yeah, that you, really is. You have kids, you have grandkids. What are what what are you doing? Right. Um, because it's kind of weird because, like you said, Mike, we never heard allegations of this. So we were like, man, is, is Vince just an actual good husband? Like he, we never heard anything in terms of you know um infidelity or anything like that. So it, it kind of was almost like a given point. Like, oh well, he's he seems to stick true to his family most of the time. You know, he's had his stints with them. Um, okay, so that leads us into what was announced. Was it yesterday night or was it this morning? Uh, this That he was going to be on SmackDown this morning. No, the, the him stepping oh. down. Oh, I read it this morning. So I think okay, it, so it could have been night, an overnight thing. I don't know. Yeah. So overnight it was announced that Vince McMahon will now be stepping down from his uh, CEO and chair chairman positions. He will still, it's important to remember, he will still have the creative control backstage, but he is stepping down from the CEO chairman position. And in his place will be stepping up his daughter, Stephanie McMahon. She will be the interim CEO and chairwoman uh, for, for the foreseeable future until this investigation wraps up. Um, so, Mike, we just talked about what, you know, Stephanie McMahon taking this leave of absence and now all of a sudden she's the CEO and chairwoman. I don't know about you, but in my head, this wasn't Vince asking her to do this. It was WWE board directors asking her to do this. I think it was the simplest person that Vince would agree to let do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because personally, I would want outside of the family, at least for right now. Yeah. But this is probably the easiest person he would say, I'd only do it if, if Stephanie would agree to agree to do it. And to, otherwise, otherwise, I'm going to stay. And to her credit, Stephanie... There have been a lot of stories, you, you know, you've heard about shooting interviews. A lot of people have actually said that Stephanie is, is like the opposite of like, say, John. Yeah. She's very pleasant backstage. She's a yep. she's dedicated to the wrestlers. She listens. Cares. She listens to everybody. So so at least that's good. At least now there's someone up in charge who is a more stability, figure. more stability, more of a stable figure uh, up in the higher ups in WWE. Um, so. So that leads us into tonight. Vince McMahon came out on SmackDown, lot of boos, a lot of boos uh, aimed towards Vince McMahon, as was expected. Is it true they cut the cameras to people who are like bowing to him? Uh, they may have done that a couple of times. Huh. Okay. Um, I, I read that online. I didn't watch SmackDown. 
they did that a couple want. times. So, but it, it, it it's so Vince because it was the cheapest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, Mike, you didn't see it. I relayed what happened to you. Excuse me. Vince came out, said, uh, "Good to be here in Minneapolis, Minnesota." Just wanted to remind everybody about the four words that we put on the screen before every match. Then, now, forever, together. That's the most important things. Together. Welcome to SmackDown. And then he left. It was the most pointless, cheap pop trying to make good thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's kind of like Vince at this point. If you did this, you have to own up. You're, there's no escaping this. And... And you know what? And what's really getting me now, and uh, Brian Zane over at Wrestling Regret, shout out to him, uh, brought this up too. You know they're going to be the people now who think this is a work. Yeah. You know they're going to be those people that swear it's a work and that, oh, it's you know, all this elaborate thing and when it's clearly not because this is way too serious to be, to be a work. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just insane to, to see Vince stepping down as the CEO and chairman because I don't think any of us thought we'd ever see it until he, you know, passed away. Mm. And now we're getting it out of these allegations. And again, you know, we've seen allegations against WWE higher-ups or Vince before, Mike, and but nothing to this extent, nothing this severe in a while at least. And the damning evidence. I mean, exactly. The, now there's someone who can back up their story, and because the the article from Emmett Carr mentioned that not it wasn't just this and non and non disclosure agreement. Now there are others that have been found out about. And, and I think there were a couple were like former superstars. Uh, there was one that was a former referee okay. back in like the eighties. Uh, she alleged that. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but the, she alleged that Vince brought her into her limo to um, talk about her job at the time or something like that. And then Vince basically said, you either do this, which I think you can figure out what that is, or you lose your job. Yeah, so uh, it, it's any way you look at it, it's disgusting. Any way you look at it, it it's damning not only his reputation, but his legacy. Mm -hmm. And they're not the same thing, but I kind of equivalent, if it's true, think about Joe Paterno at Penn State. And when he had to cover up the Sandusky thing, and he never, you know, came out and knew this, this, and this. And it was damning his legacy at the time. And now this is damning Vince's legacy. I mean, Mike, we've been seeing it all around the sports world right now. You've been talking about it. We just covered this on our uh, little shout out here, our hockey podcast, Breakaway Bandits. We covered about the whole Chicago Blackhawks yeah, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Joel, Joel Quenville, great point. Joel Quenville will probably well, never probably never coach in the NHL again. And he's a legendary coach as far as, far as on the ice production. But let me rephrase that. He should never coach in the NHL again. He should whether he will or not. But in terms of on the ice product, you can't argue with him. But right. it's, it's all the bad. Three, it's all of one three cops. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's all this damning evidence against him that you can't you can't have that toxic toxicity in your locker room. And, and, and if if I 
if I was advising Vince, which I'm not, I would just walk away forever. Yeah. Just walk away. Don't need the money. No. Well, actually, now he might need the money, but you don't need the money. You're 76 years old. Just walk off into the sunset. Like, just go. Go away and put it in the hands of Stephanie. Yeah. And then go from there and watch from afar because the the longer you stay around for this, worse it's going to get. Absolutely. And, it, it, you know, the more that this, that this investigation gets deeper, you know, the more that this stuff could uncover. And, you know, what scares me is, or what not scares me, but like what's really worrying, I think, for um, especially if you're like one of the, say, a WWE wrestler right now or one of their board of directors. You know, you think about it, you know, we're going down the rabbit hole with this. How many more people does this compromise if if it if the infection or uh, infection but the like the roots like how many people do they engulf with this how deep is it yeah how deep does this go and do you like it's you know obviously it sounds like vince is is the head of the of the snake but man but but laurenitis is involved is is Vince's best friend Nick Khan involved? Mm-hmm. He, because for someone we've never heard of, this dude elevated pretty quickly. That's the thing, and that's what a lot of people have been saying. Like in two years, this guy's like about ready to take over the company. How is that even possible? Right. Yeah. And here's and not only did Stephanie take some time away, was going to take time away before this, but think about it. Triple H stepped away, or he came back, but he was in a much weaker position than he yeah. was. And who just got fired back in January? Shane. Yeah. You know, who knows, like, how deep this route goes? How deep does this rabbit hole end up becoming? Because this could be, this could be the end, the end of an era, not in a good way. This could be the, what forces Vince to eventually just buy. Because, again, WWE board of directors might come out and say, look, we're, we're not putting up with this. We found that you use company money. We're handing you over to the authorities. Because that's, again, that's, remember, that is the big question that's going to surround this investigation is, did he use company money to pay off the disclosure agreement? Because if the answer is no, then I don't think anything's probably going to happen from it. It's just disgusting news. But again, it's not illegal. But if he did, that's where this is going to get really interesting. So he, are, I'm going to just, argument's sake, he didn't wind up using the company money. Mm-hmm. It's just, if I was on the board of directors, I'd be like, we don't need a scandal like this. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe they, so, maybe so, they make so, that decision. So, so you're, you, you say to, you're 76, you have money. We'll, we'll, if we have to buy you out, we'll buy you out. If we have to give you um, a, a pen, uh, not a pension, but a stipend or whatever mm. just just get out don't, we can we should not be associated with you if a we're going to sell this sell the product 
mm-hmm. and we want people to come to shows because that's the other part of this. Like, like people are still going to go, you know that, but who knows if you could sell out arenas right now? Well, who we knows? Did- people might boycott this. We just had the, the news a couple of weeks ago that Money in the Bank was moved from Allegiant Stadium to the smaller MGM Grand Arena because they weren't selling enough tickets. That, well, that's a whole nother conversation because they decided to give someone we'll talk about a little later a, a very soft schedule and he wasn't supposed to be on it. Right. Not that and that was a big thing. And yeah. but if you're having trouble selling out now, like imagine now, like with these allegations coming out. Um if, you, if you're a woman, you don't want to go to this. No. Go to the go to a show. Why, why would you support that? Why am I gonna support this monster? Right. Um it, uh, I also want to uh, add here the NPR article also ex- uh, explains that the company said that in addition to investigating the allegations against McMahon, Lauren, so they'll be handling that internally. That's going to be an internal investigation by the board of directors. Later, um, Johnny. Yeah, that, later, Johnny. Um, it also will hire, WBA say that will, they will hire an outside company to review the company's human resource department and overall culture, which, good Lord, I think WWE has needed that for a long time. Yeah. You know, and so hopefully that that does come to fruition. Um, I do wanted wanted to quickly um, run through a little bit of the of the joint statement that WWE and their board of directors uh, released today um, regarding this situation. Let's and I just want to break that down a little bit, Mike, if you don't mind. No, um, let's roll. So this is again, this is a joint statement by WWE and the board of directors. Quote, uh, so just quickly say that in, uh, independent directors can review of the alleged executive misconduct, Stephanie McMahon named CEO interim chairwoman, and then quote, WWE and the board of directors today announced that a special committee of the board is conducting an investigation into alleged misconduct by its chairman and CEO, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations, and that effective immediately, McMahon has voluntarily stepped back from his responsibilities as CEO and chairman of the board until the conclusion of the investigation. McMahon will retain his role and responsibilities related to WWE's creative content during this period and remains committed to cooperating with the review underway. The special committee has appointed Stephanie McMahon to serve as interim CEO and and interim chairwoman. Uh, Quote, I have pledged my complete cooperation to the investigation by the special committee and I will do everything possible to support the investigation. I have also pledged to accept the findings and outcome of the investigation, whatever they are, said, quote, Vince. That let's that's kind of damning to me because like let's see if you stay true to that and that that last part no matter what they are whatever they are whatever they are like to, to me if you're innocent you say i am innocent i am fighting this yeah. even though i i respect the board's decision I know in my heart I am innocent. If it was me personally, like, and I was being accused of this, I'd be like, I, I stand by my innocence. I have nothing to hide. Yeah. I will cooperate with the investigation until I can prove. I have I nothing to hide. Name. Nothing to hide. Um, uh, now, does the article go into John Laurinaitis at all? Is he taking um, the lead too? I am not. I am not seeing anything on. They have not released anything about Laurinaitis. That's where this gets interesting because they did not release anything on John Laurinaitis. So it's interesting. They only mention him in the very first line. 
talking about how it's allegations against Vince and uh, John Laurinaitis. Uh, but just to read the rest of the statement, uh, quote, uh, I love this company and, and am committed to working with the independent directors to strengthen our culture and our company. It is extremely important to me that we have a safe and collaborative workplace. I have committed to doing everything in my power to help the special committee complete its work, including marshalling the cooperation of the entire company to assist in the completion of the investigation and to implement its findings. Quote again, uh, said McMahon. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. This was Stephanie. That was a quote from Stephanie McMahon, um, which I believe her, Vince, but I don't believe you. So that, that should tell you something. Um, uh, and then the rest of the statement just simply says, WWE and its board of directors take, an a- take all allegations of misconduct very seriously. The independent directors of the board engaged independent legal counsel to assist them with an independent review. In addition, the special committee and WWE will work with an independent third party to conduct a co- comprehensive review of the company's compliance program, HR function, and overall culture. The company and the board do, do not expect to have further comment until the investigation is concluded. So that's a little interesting that they that WWE has basically said, this is the only thing we're putting out, and we are not going to talk about it until the investigation is over. I guess, Mike, you could take that both ways. You could take that as like they're trying to hide something, or you could take that as like they don't want to release anything until they know the full story. Yeah, they, they don't want anything coming out and you know, before they're ready to release it. That's fine. No leaks through the media, which is, Mm -hmm. again, fine. Um, As long as we know everything, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm with you. As long as we find out, and this isn't like, okay, Vince is coming back. Well, why? What'd you find? What do you have? We right. we need a we need to know why this is happening. We deserve to know why this is happening, and we need to know the outcome. Exactly. Um, and I, I really, in my heart, I really hope that the um, that third party is hired to do a, a background check of their HR functioning and their work culture because. Man, Mike, I, I I don't know if you've listened to watched like um uh Dark Side of the Ring or anything like that. The the work culture in WWE, it's not as bad as it was, but it still needs, I think, a decent amount of work. Yeah, we we've heard some stuff about it. Have you watched Dark Side or anything? Like, like we we've heard some stuff. There have been shoots, like we talked, I talked about before, but yeah, they need something. All right. So, Mike, do you have anything else to add on these on this huge story? If I was Vince, I'd walk away. I would too. These... I got nothing to nothing left. Just be gone. Yeah. Really damning accusations. And obviously, we will keep all of you posted. Uh, if, if any developments um, do leak about the situation with Vince McMahon and these allegations. But all right, uh, let's move on to the other big piece of news that kind of almost got lost in this whole thing. And that was a couple of days ago, a reporter, uh, a beat reporter, I believe, by the name of what was, oh, what was his name? Um, it was uh, something. 
Rajin or something? It was Raj something. Ra- oh. Hold on. Give me one second. Um, yeah, I see this here. We want we want to make sure that we get the um we have to get the credit right. Raj Giri Guri. G-I-R-I. Um, he's from Wrestling Incorporated. Um, he reported a couple days ago that he was hearing some rumblings that Sasha Banks has been released from her contract from WWE. Uh, now, as we talked about in our last ep- a couple episodes ago, Sasha Banks and Naomi famously walked out on Raw on May 16th, exactly one month ago yesterday. WWE then uh, indefinitely suspended both of them and buried them on air for the unprofessional behavior. Now, Guri then tweeted that he says that, no, it's gone on further, and Sasha Banks has been released from her contract. Uh, the newest wrinkle in the story comes out today as uh, Matt Men's Andrew Zarian tweeted, quote, I cannot confirm that she's released, but I did hear late last week that her attorneys were working on getting this done. And this is from Sean Ross, Ross Sapp of Fightful. Numerous talent at SmackDown believe Sasha Banks has been released, and both sides are just holding off on a statement. WWE has not confirmed the report as of yet originally reported by Raj Geary. I'll keep working for more details or more a more solid confirmation. And I did believe we heard also from Sean Rasapifable, kind of along the same lines of multiple sources have now confirmed that Sasha Banks has been released by WWE. Um, so, man, Mike, uh, so we had the whole Vince thing, and now all of a sudden we have Sasha Banks could possibly be out of WWE. What your thoughts? Not surprised. I mean, this wasn't the first time she had a problem with booking. And look, as much as on this one, as much as I agree with her, because I actually do agree with her on the point. It's not worth arguing for because those titles, since they were created, the women's tag titles, they don't care about them. They, they've never showed they've cared. I don't know why anyone wants you to think they cared. They just bounced them around like it, like it's hot potato. So then, of course, you're not going to defend them on, uh, on a pay-per-view. What do you think this is? I just think for, for, for them, it's like, okay, enough's enough with the attitude in this i think from her point of view it's just like i've had enough of this too until you start treating me like the star i am kind of deal both sides are fault this Mm -hmm. is not where i could just say she's in the right and they're in the wrong or she they're in the right she's in the wrong either way it takes two two to tango it, what sucks is Sasha Banks is one of the best wrestlers in that company. Man or woman, she's one of the best in the company. She's one of the four horsewomen. Yeah. To think that one of them is now gone from the company that 
they made this huge impact just six years ago is, is unreal. It's unreal to think about. Again, you're right. It's, and I, you and I, I think, think the same. Because I think we were together when that happened. I think we were both in, at school when all three of them got called up. Mm-hmm. And my, my first thought was when they first presented Sasha, it was her, Naomi, Tamina, Team Bear. And then really Charlotte was the first one of the three to break out. Which we all expected. For obvious reasons. And then Sasha was next. And then eventually it was Becky. But if you think about it now, Becky's the biggest star. Mm -hmm. And then then it's Charlotte, because she's Charlotte. And then it's Sasha. Even though just a year ago, she was the main event of WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I think after being the main event of WrestleMania against Bianca, she kind of floated away down the chart. Like, we went to Survivor Series. Another point, we went to Survivor Series. Sasha wasn't pinned to get eliminated. Her teammates got her counted out. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, this is just, there's a lot of mixed signals here, both sides. Yeah, that, that's that been the big thing for me. You know, obviously, it's more of the story leading up to this point, because I, I don't know about you, Mike, but I believe she's gone. I, I hold 100% believe that she's I, gone. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of both sides or, or you can point the finger at both sides. You know, you can definitely point this, the finger at WWE because you didn't use her right. You didn't treat her right. You didn't treat the women's division right. You, haven't you been still treated. don't. Still don't. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, think about back when they first came up and it was like 2016, 2017. Women's wrestling was on fire in WWE. They were having 25-minute epics on Raw. They were having, you know, like Hell in a Cell matches on pay-per-view. You know, they, they were actually giving the women time. And then all of a sudden, they've, over the last three years, and once really the pandemic hit, they almost went reverted back to their old mentality of every women's match except for pay-per-view matches have to be five, have to be two minutes. Squash match. That's pretty much it. Think about this. Was it not? I don't think it was this past Monday, but last Monday, you have Oscar versus Becky Lynch, and you cut it for a twenty-four-seven title run. Yeah, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah, that's that's shameful. Um, so there's a lot you can point WWE for, but there's also, like you said, Mike, there's stuff you can point at Sasha for because. You're kind of defending a lost cause with those women tag titles. You're kind of you're not picking your battles right. And here's the other thing is that you've done this before and you've walked out for way more like way more pettier reasons. Like I remember when she walked out after I want to say it was after Mania 35. Again over the over the women's tag titles and it's like okay Sasha like you, you got to you got to pick and choose your battles here. You can't get, you can't get, you can't get this upset over the smallest things that you just walk out of the company. That's just going to come back to bite you. Right. 
and here, here we are, we've gotten to this point. So yeah, it, it, the situation has obviously just boiled over to this point. It sounds like Sasha Banks, I believe that she is gone from WWE. Mike, is it AEW? If she wants to. Yeah. I mean, if she wants to go find something else, more power to her. Right. Um, could go I- to AEW, could go, go to Impact. Doesn't even have to wrestle. Remember, she's been in the... Um, She was in The Mandalorian. Yes. So, so maybe she wants to go into acting. Who knows? Yeah, maybe she wants to get her acting career started. Um, so, yeah, again, another heavy situation. Now, again, to reiterate, we do not have an official statement claiming that she is released by either WWE or herself. She hasn't comment. She has not commented on it as well. So we will let you well so so again keep your eyes peeled for the official announcement that Sasha Banks is going to be released. I just want to have one thing and then we can move off of it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if these first two things can go hand in hand with each other. What I mean is Vince stepping away and John Laurinaitis best of luck in your future endeavors. There was I wonder if Stephanie could mend that relationship. That is it. That is a possibility. If there's anyone I would trust to mend the relationship, it would be Stephanie. And, and not even just her. I'm assuming if Stephanie's on board, if Triple H can do it due to his health, mm-hmm. I, I would think she, Sasha trusts him. Well, and here's the other thing. Now that I just now that I think about it, where's Naomi in all this? She's going to join the bloodline. At this point, I'm that's what I'm thinking because there's been no mention of Naomi in this whole thing. It's all been about Sasha, her status, and she gets released, but there's no mention of Naomi. They they won't release Naomi unless it's super egregious. It's unless she goes, I'm done too. Right. Because I. I, I'm going to guess she's going to wind up joining the bloodline with, you know, her husband and the other Uso and Roman. Right. That would be my guess. I mean, my guess too, but we'll be like, obviously have to see when that takes place. And if it takes place at all, we'll see what happens with Naomi um, when, you know, if whenever this, this news of Sasha Banks gets leaked or official or anything about that. All right. So we're going to move off uh, WWE for right now. And we're going to go to AEW where we unfortunately have just more bad news to report. Uh, this one concerning Jeff Hardy. Uh, it was reported that on Monday, June 14th, or uh, what was it? Monday, Monday, June 13th, earlier this week, we're recording this on the 17th of June. AEW had suspended Jeff Hardy without pay after Hardy was charged with his third DUI in 10 years and driving with a suspended license. This is an article from CBS, quote, former WWE champion and current AEW roster member Jeff Hardy was arrested on Monday morning and now faces three charges, including his third arrest for driving under the influence of drugs or alcohol in the past 10 years. Hardy was arrested in Volusia County, Florida, according to online records. 
That charge, along with driving with a suspended license and violating restrictions placed on his driving driver's license, continues a long history of legal troubles and drug and alcohol-related incidents for Jeff Hardy. Hardy was arrested twice in 2019 while a member of the WWE locker room, once for public intoxication in July and a DUI in October. WWE sent Hardy to rehab after the incidents. AEW President Tony Khan acknowledged Hardy's arrest in a statement posted on Tuesday. Khan stated that Hardy is open to AEW-assisted treatment for substance abuse Hardy is suspended without pay and can resume performing in AEW only once he completes a treatment program. Quote, we were on it. We were able to resume contact with Jeff Hardy this afternoon and quote, uh, or quote again, AEW does not condone Jeff's alleged behavior. We've made it clear to Jeff that we'll assist him in getting treatment for his substance abuse issues, which he has indicated that he's open to receiving in the interim. He is suspended without pay and can only return to AEW upon successful completion treatment and maintaining his sobriety. I this is just sad, Mike. Just it's clear that after all these years, it's just clear that Jeff Hardy cannot escape his demons. And I messaged you this after, and I'm surprised AEW is going to let him stay around. I I know he's that popular, but Hardy's got to be done, right? He's got to be toxic at this point. Yeah. You're right. I'm. I I think he's done. I just nobody can help you if you can't help yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Jeff Hardy to not to, to let let me be very clear, and I'm not saying this to be mean or anything. This was probably the Hardy's last run. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed on Dynamite they would have won the tag team titles in that ladder match. I think they would have won it had Jeff not gone out and did what he did. When you go through whatever he's gone through, I don't know. I don't know. But if you are unwilling to help yourself, no one can help you. And I want to applaud Tony Khan's statement because Tony Khan could have just said, screw you, you're released, and you're going to wind up doing whatever you got to do. But instead, Tony Khan says, you know what? You need help. You're going to be suspended without pay. And if you want to come back, you have to go through the program. Mm-hmm. K- kind of similar when Moxley entered rehab. It was, we have, we support John fully as he makes this decision for himself and his family. Because at the end of the day, this decision is not only about you, it's about you and your family. Right. And I, I do think there are similar situ- there are similar situations between what Moxley did and what Hardy did. Although I think there's two, in my opinion, Mike, there's just too many differences between the two that I would have just released Hardy. And here's why: one, Moxley didn't didn't put anyone in danger. Oh, Hardy, I, I Hardy agree. Did. I'm ju- I'm just saying from a statement. Right, and I, I know what you're saying. 
Um, but here's why I would have just I think Hardy's just done it. He just should just be released because one, you know, he put people in danger. Two, how many programs has he been through? How many of these rehabilitation programs has he been through? Is another one gonna really do the trick? Yeah. At this point, it's like it's like you said, Mike, like look, you know. There's certain points where either A, you can't help them because they don't want to be helped, or B, if they're just not, they're just not salvageable. And at this point, I, I hate to say it's about another human being, but I don't think Jeff Hardy's salvageable at this point. Because this has got to be the third or fourth time he's gone through a rehabilitation program. And at least. At least. And how many, how many more are we gonna put him through before we just say, look, we're sorry, but you're you're beyond help and as as much as that sucks and I'm, I'm not saying that i would have done this decision lightly but at some point you just have to cut the cord and be like sorry you you obviously have issues that not even therapy can work out that not even drug rehabilitation stuff can work out just, I just wonder how matt played an influence on this like was i'm sure matt- was Matt involved with Tony saying, look, I think I can help him. You know, is that part, of, you know, that's your brother. Yeah. And I, again, I, I do not want, I want to reiterate, I would not make that decision lightly. It's just, no, it's a hard decision. Right. But again, it's, you, you see how many times he goes through it. I mean, he went through multiple ones in TNA. Yeah. It's like how many, how many more are you going to cycle them through before it's like, look, I mean, it's not working. It's just not working. And cause he'll get sober for a few years and then it seems like he'll go right back to his old ways. And I hope, I hope this one's different. I really do. But I can tell you right now, I'm like, I don't have high hopes for this. I don't either. I don't either. I'm with you. And unfortunately, as, as hard as it is to say, it just, that's how it is. That's how it is right now. I don't, I don't want the lasting memory of him to be that he had this problem. Right. I hope he gets clean. I hope Matt can do something, but at you the know, same time, Matt, Matt can only do so much. You know, Matt, only- his fam. But, you know, I, I just reiterate, I love Tony Khan just going out and supporting him. I do. Yeah. I, li- I like that from another standpoint, but I do like that. Um, You're right. I, I think the other part when I said the Moxley thing, Moxley was voluntarily. Mm-hmm. This is forced, right? You know, this is forced because he has to do this if he wants to maintain his career. Like, no company's going to sign him. No, no WWE's we, not bringing him back. To yeah, you we know WWE's not touching him ever again. Impact's not bringing him back. You know, no one's bringing him in if he's going to be this. This is this is his last shot, really. Yeah. And I hope he makes the best of it. So we wish the best to Jeff Hardy. Um, hope he gets better. Um, thanks to Tony Khan for believing in him and hoping that he can get through his program. And we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Jeff Hardy. And hopefully he does conquer uh, his demons and his his problems. All right, so we're going to end this episode on a bit of a 
lighter note, we're going to go back into the kayfabe world of, of pro wrestling. We'll talk about WWE. We'll talk about SmackDown that just uh, got off the air a couple hours ago. And we'll talk about the main event segment and well, the main event match. And that was Roman Reigns defending the universe, undisputed universe, w, you know, undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Matt Riddle. You know, and it's funny because we always say this, you know, Roman Reigns, the booking with him is not right, but he's such a he's such a great wrestler. I mean, the match was was really fun. He really brought out really good side of Riddle and Riddle gave it in return. Um, but of course, Roman Reigns retained the championship. Um, he got in the ring after said, you know, classic, you know, acknowledge me. I, you know, there's no one left. And who should turn up? But Brock Lesnar makes his return after 75 days away. We haven't seen him since WrestleMania 38. And it's been announced that Roman Reigns will defend the WWE Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar yet again at SummerSlam in a last man standing match. God, I, 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 I don't know what to say anymore. I'm so done with this. I mean, I know why they did it. Mike, you know why they did it. And I think everyone else knows why they did it. Because their plans for SummerSlam, the original plans were to, were to have Randy Orton challenge Roman Reigns. But Randy Orton is now hurt. That was the other big story I think we forgot. But it's just kind of gotten lost. We can tie it in here. You know, Randy Orton is now, WWE fears that Randy Orton might miss the entire rest of the year with a back injury. They thought it was not serious at first, but then after the unification match, it got progressively worse. And now they fear Randy Orton will have to have surgery. So he is out of the SummerSlam match with the, the predicted SummerSlam match with Roman Reigns. And in his place comes Brock Lesnar. This is just a so emblematic of WWE right now because... They had no one else left. Like Roman said, there is nobody else left on SmackDown or Raw that can challenge him. And so they had to go to the Beast. They had to bring back Brock Lesnar because he's the only guy who right now is a viable contender to Roman's championship. And now we have to go through Brock Roman, main eventing yet another freaking pay-per-view for the WWE Universal Championship. Mike, you have the floor, man. I I don't know what to say anymore. I'm out. I'm out on this because here's my, my biggest problem. We can say you can say there are no contenders. You could totally say there are no contenders. Drew McIntyre's getting the shot in the UK show. We we already Right. Foregone conclusion. Whether it's the challenge he laid out or he wins money in the bank and that's how he gets his match. Seth Rollins is in the money in the bank ladder match. He's actually a viable contender. Although, are you really going to have a guy who just lost three straight matches to Cody Rhodes win the title? Then there's Bobby Lashley, who I think is also a contender. But you're doing nothing there. He's he's busy doing a pose down with theory. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you have other people you could do. AJ Styles would be a fun match. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the new improved Finn Balor with the Judgment Day. Yeah. You could have done something there. Um, if you want to go go to SmackDown, I mean, they could have beaten down Sami Zayn for losing to Riddle, and then Sami Zayn could have just gotten a random shot on a pay-per-view. How about the new Intercontinental Champion, Gunther? Formerly yeah, sure. Walter. Sure, go there. The problem isn't that you don't have the challengers. The problem is when you build up these challengers, they don't win. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to quote the, the to quote Vince McMahon's favorite wrestler of all time. Feed Roman Reigns more. <laughs> that's all they've been doing. And, and, right. Like at some point, I, I can't speak for Noah. I can't speak for Patchy because he's not here. We talked about this before the Mania match. We hated the fact that it was title for title, that it was unification. Because one, you're spoiling the fact that Roman was winning. Because mm-hmm. there's no way Brock is going to go full-time. Also, Roman is no longer full-time, so the argument sucks anyway. Yeah, that, that's another big thing. Roman's new contract says he only works like a few days a year, so it's like that's out the window. Right. So, so that's problem one. Problem two is we've seen this match. It feels like a thousand times. And you can throw whatever stipulation you want on it, but it's not going to It's change. the same goddamn thing every time. Roman's going to hit Superman punches and spears. Brock's going to hit Germans in an F5. At the end of the day, it's going to be the Usos and Paul Heyman coming out to save the day for Roman Reigns, and Roman's going to retain. Yep. Now, the only ultimate curveball you could throw is someone cashes in. But see, which, I don't want it to be that telegraphed. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's the only curveball you could throw. Right. In this match. Because to me, and I respect Brock, and I like Brock, and I love Cowboy Brock. There's not a need here. Right. Or here's what you could have done. And this could have been this – this could blow your balls off. It's so good. You could have had the Usos interfere tonight, DQ Roman, then your rematch is set. Riddle. You could have just done Riddle again. And here's another one. You could have put Riddle over. You could have had Riddle win the t- win one of the titles. Yeah, you could have had him win, and just like a massive upset crowd goes no insane. No one would have seen it coming. Well, not only that, and then it, you could be like, "Hey, you got to you got to make sure you watch SmackDown every week because you don't know what could happen." Right? Who's going to challenge Riddle next? Right. What and, guy with shoes is going to challenge Riddle? And let, let me be, I'll be clear on this. I'm not totally blaming WWE for this whole thing because it is, it is a little just bad timing, Mike, that they lose Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton in the same week. Which who we, we thought were the two most viable challengers would be Cody Rhodes and, and Randy Orton. And I, I get that. It, that is a terrible blow at just the worst time. Losing Cody at Hell in a Cell and then losing Randy Orton later in the week. 
That's bad. But you have to have, like, there should have been, like, at least 10 more wrongs we would have had to go down before we had to go to Brock again. I mean, fair enough. If, if like, 15 people got injured in the last week and you had to bring Brock back, whatever, fine. But, like you said, bring up Drew. Why can't we just have Drew at SummerSlam and then have him defend the title at Clash of, Clash of the Castle? Make even more you know, occasion that Drew will go in defending the titles at Clash or, of the Castle. Or, or do this. And, and remember when Kevin Owens first came to the main roster and he was the NXT champion and he fought Cena for the U.S. title? Mm-hmm. Bring up Braun Breaker to have Braun fight Roman. I would be okay with that. Right. If Braun can lose and he could still look great. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, look, I I I haven't liked the way they've done it, but I've Braun Breaker's grown on me. Right. And he's fine. He he's a young, up-and-coming superstar. Have him challenge the big dog. Yeah. Why the not? Tribal chief. Do it as like just do it as like a one-off, you know, not a one-off. Like, like a- Roman says, there's no one out there for me. You play the Braun Breaker music. And he says, you know what? You haven't beaten anyone from from NXT, so beat me. I challenge you at SummerSlam. I'm going to regret saying You could have had this be Roman and Sheamus. Yeah. I would have been okay with it. I would have been. I texted you, Mike. I would have been okay with Roman Cena again. Yeah, that, that. Well, th- that's going to be seen the theory. Right. Um, but I would have been at least okay with Cena. Like, I understand right. you're, throw- you're bringing in the emergency package of Cena. I get that. But don't have it be Brock. Of course right. it is. And the one person who I think loses in all of this is Bobby Lashley. Because Lashley did the thing with Omas. And finally that's over. Now you have him doing a pose in with theory. No, give give Bobby Roman. Give Roman Bobby. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. Bobby Lashley deserves another title shot. Right. Now, if you want to end that with Brock coming back and beating the crap out of both of them and setting up a triple threat, I'm not going to complain because that'd be a car wreck. Right. And that and you know what? WWE's been really good at that, using triple threats as to keep the two guys they want together, but also throwing in the third guy as like the the right. so, fly in the ointment that makes it just that much different. Right. So that could have worked because then you add in the aspect of what happened at the Royal Rumble. Speaking of Royal Rumble, why couldn't Seth join this? Take just take him out of the money in the bank match. Right. I- because technically. Here's a brain bless. He beat Roman Reigns. He beat by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns lost to Seth Rollins. Why can't Seth get another title shot? Because he, because here's what's going to happen. No, Seth Rollins is going to win the Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins is going to cash in that Money in the Bank at some point. Seth Rollins is going to be the champion come Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is going to win said Royal Rumble when he returns. We're going to have Seth Cody for at WrestleMania. They probably are doing that. Or they're going to have Drew win it and cash in and say, I want the title shot at Clash of the Castle. It's one of those, one of those two is winning the money in the bank. Right. Um, 
But yeah, you could have done so many other things instead of just bringing back Brock. And it's see, just see, you also could have thrown the curveball with Brock by having Brock just beat up Riddle, and we could have gotten yeah. Riddle Brock. Or UFC you know what? Style. And here, here's a here's a you know crazy thing. And I know this will sound insane because the way that they were looking at each other tonight. What if they formed like the uh, like the next version of the two man power trip under Heyman? The two biggest badasses in the whole company just keeping their spot at the top. Roman gives Brock one of the titles back, and it's like this Kua thing where like they're both now just sitting at both the top of the rosters and no one can touch them. I think that'd be honestly interesting. It would give Roman a fresh character change, and it would give Brock a fresh character change. Yeah, they'd be co-heads of the table. Basically. And you could have this whole, like, you know, these interesting stories of, like, you know, now Brock's the head of Raw, Roman's the head of SmackDown. And what you could have done is you could have inter- interchanged them out. You could have Brock work on the days that Roman's off, and you could have Roman work the days that Brock's not working. You could have done that. That way you have a championship around for almost every show. That'd be some kind of bromance. It would work, though. And oh, again, I'm with I, you. I, yeah, I'm and I think argue. it'd be, like I said, it'd be interesting to kind of interchange their schedules. Again, so like Roman won't work Money in the Bank. Okay, we'll have Brock wrestle at Money in the Bank. Okay, we'll have them both on SummerSlam, but then Roman will be on Extreme Rules and Brock will be on Clash of the Champions, whichever one's in October. So I, I, I kind of, as we're going through this, I kind of just had a thought. So what is to say this? Remember a couple of years ago when Ali was supposed to be money in the bank and he got, or no, he was chamber. Him. No, uh, he was at the top of the ladder when Brock came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know SummerSlam comes after Money in the Bank. What's to stop them from just, hey, Brock, you're going to get the briefcase. So even if you lose at SummerSlam, you still have the briefcase to get another shot. If they do that, I am truly done. But by the way, the other thing is, going back to first segment, Vince has creative control. You could tell Vince still has creative control. But oh, oh, yeah. 100%. And it's just like, how many more times do we have to do this match, Vince, before it's out of your system? Is this just the endless feud? Is this just it? Is this going to be WWE for the next 10 years? Just Roman and Brock? No, Brock year? doesn't have 10 years in him. Well, that's the thing. It's like, what, what are you going to do? How many more times do you have to do this match before it's out of your system? I thought Mania 38 was it. Thought that was it. Thought that was the end of it. And we have to do. We have to do it at every sort of match you got. We're gonna get Brock Roman Iron Man. We're gonna oh. get Brock Roman. I quit. We're gonna get Brock Roman Hell in a Cell. Oh my god. We're gonna get. We're gonna get Brock Roman in a parking lot brawl. Raw and panties match at this point. I'm not watching that. Man. I wouldn't watch that either. But yeah, it's just. It's the endless feud. It's the feud. It's the ne- it's the next Cena Orton. It won't end. Yeah, but at least Cena and Orton 
there was something there. Like they came up at the same time. There's a backstory. Right. They broke out at the same time. There's no backstory here. It's just this is what I want. Yep. Pretty much it. You know, and you know, we've we've had two mania main events of this, three mania main events of this. We've had SummerSlam main events of this. We've had Saudi Arabia. It's like we've had this so many times, and now you're just gonna go back to it again. And it's so telegraphed that Roman's gonna keep the title because we know Brock ain't gonna win it unless they make it for just one of them. Then it's a maybe. Then maybe Brock beats him, but that's only if they make it for one of the titles. Oh, that would make so much make it so much easier on everyone else. Yeah, if they if they de-unified the titles, if they made it back to two world titles. De-unify the titles and it'd be great if neither one had a title, if they're gonna work such lighter schedules. Like, yeah, Roman's at the point he doesn't need the title anymore. Like, if the dream match with The Rock is going to happen at next year's Mania, we've said it many times, does not need to have the title involved. That's big enough on its own where you can just have that match and it will. it's a main event in just how big of a star power both those guys are. But even after that, Roman doesn't need the title anymore. No, I would not want to see the title anywhere near Roman Reigns. For at least a good couple of years. At least. Yeah, because he... He's getting to the point where he's over Super Cena. Yeah, pretty much. He really is. It's honestly worse because at least Cena was here every week and putting in good matches. You know, Roman's putting in good matches, but this was his first defense. It's June, Mike, and this was his first defense since Mania. Yeah. And, like, you had him wrestle at Backlash in May in a six-man tag. Why? How? By the way, a six-man tag, he lost. No, no, no. You, they won. I apologize. They, they won. Yeah. They, 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 they By won. the way, you should have had them lose. That way you could have set up something. But I digress. But, like, they... why? Like, it's so – and there was that report that came out that said the, the condition was they were going to unify the titles with the condition being that they would give Roman Reigns the opportunity to appear more on both shows. Well, that's apparently gone out the window because he is only scheduled right now. I don't know if you heard this, Mike. Roman Reigns is currently only scheduled for one Monday Night Raw from now until, like, October. One. And that's the go-home show before SummerSlam. Then he better lose one of the belts to Brock. Or on a cash-in. Or at least to Drew at Clash of the Castle. Even then, that's still that's still three months. Yeah, but if, it, it's just it, it just sucks because I remember when Roman Reigns turned heel and, and then this tribal chief gimmick started, and they started out so good. The the matches with with Uso with Jay Uso, the matches with Owens, the match with Drew, the match with um. Uh, who do you fight at the the match with Brian? The the Mania triple threat with Edge and Brian. That's honestly in my top ten matches of all time. That match was fantastic, and you could argue we had him, Mike. Who we have as our main male? Most of us had as our male wrestler of twenty twenty one. It was Roman. Yeah, 
because he was putting in great match after great match after great match. He had the matches with Edge and Brian. Then he had the one with Edge at Money in the Bank. Then he had the one with Cesaro at Backlash. Then Cena at SummerSlam. Then Big E at Survivor Series. Finn Balor. He had so many great matches. And now all of that momentum has come to a grinding halt. It's just flown off the rails because you have given him this contract where he's not, he doesn't want to work as many days. So now he's the new Brock Lesnar and you've given him both the titles on a later schedule. It's like, you, what are you doing? You're doing every single wrong move here. And now all that momentum, all that goodwill that heel woman reigns created as is just gone. It's just off the rails. It's in the ravine dead on, on arrival. It's just, yeah. it's just like classic WWE. Can't every mistake that the fans had when every issue the fans had with Brock Lesnar when he was champion is now on Roman Reigns is now reverted to Roman Reigns. The one dude you could not allow people to hate because, like it or not, Roman Reigns for the right now is. The face of the company. Mm-hmm. As good as everyone else is, it's Roman Reigns and everyone else because he holds both belts. Right. He is the guy who ends every show. At some point, the people are going to be like, you only come when you want to. So who's going to give a you know what? Who's going to care? Mm-hmm. The people and stopped caring about the reason why the people care for Brock is because Brock was kind of like Taker at the end. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how much longer we were going to get Brock. With Roman, it's like, okay, I mean, we just saw you a week ago. Why are you not here this week? Yeah, you, you know it's. It's like, and I just, I hate it so much because, again, as if we look at this time last year, Roman Reigns was on such, they were booking him so perfectly. He was beating everybody. He was beating on all comers. And then they threw fucking Lesnar back into the mix. And, it like, and the whole entire soup was ruined after that. It reverts back to the two the two things at the beginning of this year. The Rumble match and the Chamber match. Yep. Because if you you could have Lashley win at Rumble with the Roman interference, and then Lesnar could still win the Rumble. But then the Chamber match. Just don't fucking have Brock win. Yeah, they just couldn't. You had, you had the perfect opportunity there for Roman to screw Brock again. Yep. And you honestly, you had two other guys there who you could have put the title, three guys on in that match who you could put the title on. No one could complain. You could put it on Lashley. Rollins. No one would have complained. You could have put it on Seth. No one would have complained. And you could have put it on AJ and no one would have complained. Right. I think people would have said maybe it's too soon for theory. That's the only reason why I didn't mention him in this. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I don't remember who else was in the match. Yeah, you're right. It's just they couldn't help themselves. A riddle, I think. Riddle, yeah. They just couldn't help themselves. You voted on Riddle, too. 
They, they just couldn't help themselves and they just had to do it. And it's like, you don't have to do this. Just have it be for the Universal Championship. Keep the WWE title around. If Roman wants to work less days and save himself for the pay-per-view matches, fine. We can work around that. But you gotta, you can't put both belts on because now you have stifled yourself. You've booked yourselves into a corner that you either just have to have him lose or you're, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. It's like, like, it's just crazy because last year he was defending it every single show and having great match after great match after great match. And now he has defended it once on a random episode of SmackDown just so we can set up him and Brock at SummerSlam yet again. Like, equivalent this run to kind of like the summer of Punk run, where Punk would defend it against anyone at any time, and it didn't matter who you were. It wasn't like just paper. He wasn't, Punk was even main eventing. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is just, honestly, I, I don't like to, curse on these it's utter bs it is because of course we got to go back to this and it's just going to ruin this and even more and i just really hope that they either have a cash in waiting or drew is going to take it at at um uh clash the castle like i we're just hoping for that i'm hoping that this is just simply to delay the inevitable until they can do that that's all i'm hoping for at this point because they, they have to do that. Because Drew deserves another title run. And you need to get at least one of the belts off Roman. If not both. I, I'm at the point where I, I'd take both off. Yeah, I would too. And, but, and it's not personal. It just doesn't need it. Well, and here's the thing, Mike. This just reminds me of the first time they tried to book Roman. It's nothing personal against Roman. It's just you are booking him every, every single turn you have with Roman. You are just booking the wrong thing. And what sucks, and again, it sucks so much because you literally are coming off a year and a half where you booked him. I think you and I, you, me, and Patrick all agreed. You booked him perfectly. You yeah. did him perfectly. I would argue right now that those first five months of the Roman heel, heel run were some of the best work WWE has ever done. Those, yeah. those matches with Uso, with Jay Uso, and then Owens and but Drew, the, like the storytelling behind all of it was so good. Now, now it's no, there's no story. It's just Brock. Brock. Hey, it's Brock. Brock. Cool. We're gonna do this again. So, but all right. So we'll see what happens at SummerSlam when Roman Reigns defends the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match in the main event of SummerSlam. So, but all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Face Turn podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check out this podcast and all of our other podcasts wherever you get your podcast, anchor.com, Spotify, Google, any of those places. Check out the website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for articles written by Mike and all of our talented writers. They do some really good work over there, so check those out. You can also check out the podcast over there as well. But for Mike, the pun master Rifkin, I'm Noah Trombley. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Namaste.